Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning. 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 You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, guys? You guys are listening to WLP and LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali, in Little Village. My name is Camila Reese. And my name is Oscar Perez. And today's show is Youth Speaks. So what's today's show about, Oscar? Well, in today's show, we're going to be exploring poetry. Um, uh, delving deeper into that realm, we're also going to be exploring the creativity that comes from poetry and the influence it has on youth. We will also be talking about the importance of voting. We'll be, we'll be discussing um, the importance of youth voices. And yeah, just a very, um, you know, interesting show about, you know, going more in depth about poetry and just talking about the importance of youth today. Yeah, most certainly. We're definitely going to have a lot to cover today. Yeah, and we have a very, very special guest with us today. We have two important guests with us, and there will also be performances later in the show. So it's going to be a very um, fun-filled show for us today. Yes, indeed. So um, we'll be coming right back with talking about poetry and going more in-depth about what poetry is. But first, we're going to be listening to a pretty good song. This is um, ATM by J. Cole. There are many ways to deal with this pain. Choose wisely. Will I fall? Will I fly? Heal my soul. Fulfill my heart. Cross my heart. And hope to die. With my slides of I know that it's difficult, I'm stacking this paper, it's sort of habitual I blow the residual, and f***ing your bitch like it's part of my ritual Part of the visual, but money you give me a heart on the typical I wanted it physical, a million dollars I count up in intervals Without it I'm miserable, don't wanna fall off so I'm all in my bag Thanking God like it's biblical, I know it's gonna solve every problem I have I ball on the principle, remember the teachers is all on my ass Now look all of them pitiful, and all of a sudden I'm so good at math Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up Hey, what's up, guys? So that was ATM by J. Cole. It's a really cool song. Um, the reason why we picked it was because it has a really um, powerful meaning. J. Cole includes a lot of poetry in his work, I feel like. So, Oscar, are you into poetry at all? I actually do love poetry. Um, however, I am a sucker for those that do rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like before I showed him some of um Jose Olivares' work, he was like, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anything outside of what the uh, education system shared with me was pretty much unknown. So like a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about poetry. I know that for a fact. Yes, without a doubt. They do keep, um about, well, poetry that's outside from what I said, um what you see <laughs> in school, for instance, usually like... Um, under the wraps, I guess. Maybe not on purpose, but 
usually what they do share is Victorian era-esque, more or less. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was doing a poetry unit in freshman year, we were going over Shakespeare. Yes, I And I, I was like, wait, what? I thought we were going to pull up like some like recent poetry or whatever i don't know and then it was like so weird how they interpret like poetry i remember in third grade just like doing those poems that just go like you think of a word and it's just like you go across and then you think of like so like if you were to do a poem let's say about candy the first line would have to be within with a c then the other one with with an a and it would just like that type of format or it would be like roses are red and violets are blue but that's like nothing what i think poetry is personally well what i think of poetry is a little more conservative if you will i'm actually um more into um how you say well for instance i guess what people would probably consider romantic poetry i guess i'm probably i'm probably more familiar with you know <laughs> maybe what if it rhymes or well, like you said roses are red or whatnot that's probably what i'm more familiar with yeah definitely i'm more like i've been like you know into poetry since fifth grade i've been performing it for like a long while and it's like i've been surrounded by a lot of like influences if you if you will like i think of poetry very differently i um i think of there's definitely a really big difference between written poetry and like performance poetry and yeah. I, we talked a little bit about that when we were, like, planning the show. Yeah, without a doubt. And there's also a big difference in the way um, poetry can also be free-formed as well. That's Definitely. True. Um, you know, it's just there's not enough um, information brought up today about, you know, the more contemporary poetry. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, just, like, bringing my friends along to, like, poetry slams. And, like, my friends are not really into poetry. They're just, like... At first, they were just like, like that's it's gonna be boring. Like it's just gonna be like school and whatnot. But then I took them to like an open mic, and they were like, "Whoa, wait, you can swear in poetry?" And I was like, "Wait, it doesn't have to rhyme." And I was like, "Yeah." Like they were just like very moved from like you know poetry. And I remember being in like eighth grade, no seventh grade, right? Um, my poetry coach at the time was taking me to a Louder Than the Bomb semifinal. And when I tell you, my mind was blown. My mind was, like, blown into pieces. Like, it was crazy. I was like, wait, you can swear in poetry? Wait. Like, I was just, like, so confused. I was like, you can write about that? I was like, you know, I was so used to writing about, like, just, like, very cheesy poems. And then listening to, like, you know, real poetry. I'm talking about, like, people talking about abortions and, like, talking about racism, people talking about police brutality, talking about, like, all these important subjects. It's just, like, mind-blowing. And that definitely influenced me a lot as an individual. Yeah, and I can definitely understand where you might be coming from because the thing about poetry is not it's not only a form of self-expression, but you can also, you know, just use it to, like, give your thoughts out there, mm-hmm. spread word. It's just another form of communication in a way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I feel like um, poetry is definitely overlooked a lot. People find – some people don't really find a lot of interest in poetry. And I remember um, reading this quote about um, poetry that was like – and it can go for anything in general. It's read – no, write what you like to read – and read what you want, what you would want to write. 
So it's kind of this kind of thing, like, if you're ever, like, in a situation where, like, if you're a poet and you don't know what to write about, it's like, what's something that you want to read that hasn't been said, if that makes any sense? No, that makes perfect sense Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like this thing about, like, and also, like, performance poetry is, like, so dope. It's, like, it's almost, like, mind-blowing, if that makes any sense. Like, it's more, like, you know, very witty um, type of, like, rhymes, very, like, powerful punches while, like, you know, um, and it has a really strong message, right? It's more kind of straightforward, I guess you can say, mm -hmm. while written poetry is more, like, you kind of have to go back to it. It's like a poem you would have to go back to and kind of like really think about and really like annotate it and like think about um, like what the poem meant. It could be interpreted in many ways. Any poem could be interpreted in many ways. Exactly. And it, poems aren't just exclusive as, uh, you know, to like self-expression or whatnot. It's also po poetry can reach many people, uh, you know, in multiple ages. I remember being a kid myself and listening to nursery rhymes and that it's that in itself right there is a perfect example of poetry at work mm -hmm. and i feel like there is a lot of poetry is like all over the place if you really think about it it's in a, many songs like rap you know there's a lot of poetry for example eminem is like he includes a lot of like poetry in his work j cole includes a lot of poetry in his work um little wayne included a lot of poetry in his work it's also like a lot of like bands have a lot of like poetry in their work. I remember like Twenty One Pilots, Car Radio, like that was like basically a poem, I guess you can say, but it was in a form of a rap. And like, let me tell you, I I, I really love that song a well, lot. Well, you're really definitely right. You know, po poetry can also be the lyrics of a song, for all we know. Yeah, like you could be singing poetry. Exactly. In your head, you know, but yeah, I feel like. Um, the poetry community is definitely such an amazing community to be a part of and also because everyone is just so supportive just the community you build within poetry poetry is like its own big family like I remember going into like open mics and like you know maybe you mess up or you know you stutter on a line and then you're ju they're just like clapping you on and you're just like oh you got this you got this you know and it's also like um, the poetry team that you have, like, for example, my poetry team, like, it's like a big family, I guess you can say. And you definitely build a lot of, like, very important friendships and relationships within the community itself. So, like, poetry is just, like, amazing <laughs> to exactly. me. Exactly. And there's certain misconceptions that poetry needs to be perhaps, like, a perfect art form or whatnot. But something that I like to think is that it's also a way of bringing people together. Yeah, that definitely. They can share especially like louder than the bomb it's like such an amazing um thing to be a part of because you meet people from different parts of chicago and then like you know all coming together and just like talking about important issues and you build relationships with those people because something that you have went through or are going through is something that somebody is going through or went through. And it's like you build this bond over a poem you ha might have wrote and it might have impacted somebody. Exactly. An experience that you're able to share and something that other people can learn from or even take something from. I think that's something very important. It's just that, again, coming to that spoken word or word of mouth. Yeah. It's something that you can just pick up on. 
definitely definitely so um we're going to go into a song but next up we have a very uh, um amazing guest from the little village Londale high school poetry slam team a friend of mine so stay tuned for that but next we'll we will be going into a song and yeah so this song is the internet um come over What's up? Don't forget that you guys are listening to WLP and LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Wild Kali in Little Village. I'm Camila Reese. And I'm Oscar. And this is the Youth Speaks show. So right now we have a very um, amazing guest with us. This is Saul Contreras. He is a part of the Little Village Lawndale High School Poetry Slam team. So say hi. Hi. So tell us a little bit about yourself, so other than, you know, you being a part of a cool team. Well, um, let's start with how I got into poetry. Um, I wasn't into poetry at a young age. I was more into literature writing, which Mm -hmm. um, is very different from poetry because it's less personal and more about a story that you're writing. And the way I got into poetry was through talent shows at school. And this amazing teacher, his name is Mr. Arcaras, he works at Gary. He got me into poetry and doing all these amazing things and how uh, contemporary poetry is not the same thing as Victorian poetry. Dope, 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 dope. So you and me actually like met and like bonded over poetry basically. Yeah. Yeah, we were like in world studies, you know. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, like I really want to join like the Louder Than the Bomb team here. Like I'm so excited. You were like, mm. what's that? And then we were talking about it. And then we were just like bonding over like, oh, you write poetry? Yeah, I've been writing it since again. Yeah, mm-hmm. the start of an amazing friendship. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> Saul, if you don't mind, actually, I have a few questions I'd like yep. to ask you. Just pick at your brain here because mm-hmm. I know that you are, again, a part of an amazing club, so I'm sure you have quite a few ideas to share with yep. us here. So uh, without further ado, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask. Um, so I know that poetry, of course, is a self, uh, form of self-expression. Yeah. But, I mean, how does this encourage youth to speak beyond their comfort zone? It encourages youth by showing them that they do have a voice and that they're not alone. And there's this huge community is ready to support them and help them through the process. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And if it's okay, can I have an example of maybe something in your own life where you used uh, poetry? Hmm. Uh, can you explain more, please? Some type of, like... How you used poetry as like maybe a coping mechanism? Exactly. Oh, um, well, uh, I the way I use poetry as a coping mechanism, especially because I have um, anxiety, and that and poetry helps me um, explain myself when when I can't explain to others what I'm feeling. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I get that. So you could get your idea across through poetry. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, that's a good way to do so. Um, moving along, I know that poetry exists in many forms of media today. You may know it as a song. Someone else may know it as a, um, mm-hmm. you know, as a, hmm. 
well someone else might know it as another form of media more or less but um if you don't um if i could pick at your brain which is uh more uh prevalent in today's youth what do you think that uh the youth today prefer as a form of media i think the youth today perform prefer music more than i think poetry even though poetry is growing in popularity these days do you have a uh, your own preferred form of uh, poetry or media? Uh, um, in all honesty, um, I prefer music because that helps me write poetry. Um, it gives me an idea of what I could write. Yeah. What are some like poets that just inspire you? Um, um, this is gonna be um, very old, but um, I really do like the very much style of Victorian era poetry. That's how mm -hmm. I got into poetry. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I also do like um, a singer-songwriter, which is kind of like poetry, but it's not exactly. Her name is Joanna Newsom. She does amazing avant-garde work, which is amazing, and it's basically poetry. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's cool. And um, being a part of, like, Louder Than the Bomb, and this was, like, your first year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's something that just, like, what do you love about Louder Than the Bomb? The thing that I love about Louder Than Bomb, it takes you out of your comfort zone and it it leaves you in that uncomfortable zone to make you comfortable with what you're doing, especially through because you're talking to a larger, larger audience through poetry. And, and for those, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. And that could be um, scary sometimes. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's important for youth nowadays to uh, expose themselves to this? the fear of being um, heard or rather just being able to express themselves freely. I do think that the youth today sh should use, um, need this outlet because it helps them, especially through the new age of media, it helps mm -hmm. them be vulnerable and it lets them not always show that uh, their life is perfect. Mm -hmm. And in your own opinion, do you think it's important that they uh, go out there and share their voices and be heard? Yes, I do think that the youth, it is important for the youth to share their voice, to share what they're thinking, not to be um, quiet about what's going on and how they feel. Yes, because it's very easy to for someone young to think that maybe my voice doesn't matter, but in, in fact, it does matter, mm -hmm. and it's it really very does, important. Yeah. yeah. And um, what's something that you've taken away from being a part of the um, Poetry Slam team? At Little Village. Something that I've taken away is that you have to be vulnerable because that's how you get through life. Yeah, yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Uh, let's see. Um, my first time at, like, crossing the street, um, it was a huge, large crowd of people, and I just don't like these huge, um, mm -hmm. event, these huge events with a lot of amount of people, and that helped me get to know new people, get to yeah. see how other people think, and it helped me... Um, just lose the anxiety of being in a large amount of people. Mm. And for those who don't know what Crossing the Street is, it's basically like this event that um, Louder Than the Bomb hosts. And it's basically, you know, all, all the Poetry Slam teams kind of gathering up and they kind of um, get to interact with other members of the team. And it's like a really good way for everybody to like kind of build uh, a stronger community within the music festival, because Louder Than The Bomb is a music festival mm -hmm. where it's like a competition of all these um, different schools competing to like, you know, <laughs> kind of like, because <laughs> they have a saying that's like, the point yeah. is not, the point is not the point, the point is the poetry. 
So it's kind of like, you know, you being able to compete and, like, show everybody what you got, basically, you know. But it's also a really good way to, like, kind of film, you know, to kind of build a sense of community within. Yeah. And I feel like that's really important. Um, what's something that definitely, have you seen any change from your work since when you first went into the program to when you've already exited your first year? Yeah, I've definitely seen some change in my work. At the beginning, I did my poetry as more like literature, which mm -hmm. is, can be sometimes very robotic, um, at times. So it helped me, um, give emotion to my writing. Mm-hmm. Well, so is a very, very good writer. He is an amazing writer. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because he's a part of my team or because he's a very good friend of mine. He is an amazing writer, and you guys will see that yeah. soon on the show. But, um, Oscar, do you have any more questions for our guest, Saul? Yes, just one more. Um, so, Saul, um, mm -hmm. what was a moment that media affected you personally and had an impact on you? I mean, I know that, for instance, I was very excited uh, as a uh, personal gaming enthusiast mm -hmm. that when I see um, t typically new Call of Duty trailers, for instance, <laughs> drop, they always have that epic music there tied in, like Eminem mm -hmm. or whatnot. So, like, in my opinion, the music, the way it was woven into the scenes, the way it's all in sync, it just felt like, as they say in there, jaw-droppingly immersive. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe what's an example of way that uh, this affected you? Um, media, especially social media, has affected me, I guess, in a not-so-positive way. Um, especially how people present their life as perfect when it's truly not. And I think that, uh, especially me, I left a lot of social media. I have social media, but I left a lot of it behind because it was really deteriorating my mental health. Mm -hmm. Understandable. And does poetry help with, like, coping with your mental health? Yeah, poetry helps a lot with coping with my mental health and how I can express my ideas. That's great. That's great. So, guys, um, that was so cool, but he's not leaving yet because later in the show, he's going to be performing some of his amazing poetry for us today. Uh, but next, um, stay tuned because we will be talking about the importance of youth voices with another um, one of our fellow, um, you know, your story, your way peeps here. Um, Melissa is going to come on with Saul and we're all just going to be talking about the importance of youth. So um, right after this song. of something great my lungs will fill and then deflate they fill with fire exhale desire i know it's dire my time today i have these thoughts so often i ought to replace that slot with what i once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now i just sit in silence sometimes quiet is violent i find it hard to hide it my pride is no longer inside it's on my sleeve my skin will scream reminding me of who i killed inside my dream i hate this car that i'm driving there's no hiding for me i'm forced to deal with what i feel there is no distraction to mask what is real Hey guys, what's up? Don't forget that you guys are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali, in Little Village. I'm Camila Reese. And I'm Oscar. And here we have Saul Contreras and. Melissa. Melissa, what? Regalado. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the song you guys just listened to was Car Radio by 21 Pilots. Me and Melissa were having flashbacks. 
emo flashbacks. Emo flashbacks. Intensify. Inten- yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, what we'll be talking about right now is the importance of youth voices. And Oscar has a few questions to ask you guys about. Mm-hmm. Might yes, turn into a debate for all we know. Debate. 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 Someone said debate. Yes. Okay. So first off, we all know that the um. Well, first, going into the importance of youth voices, I must ask um. The importance of uh, the voice that the youth has. Um. Do you think it's important for um youth to express themselves freely? And if so, um. You know, how can they do so? Whichever wants to answer first. I think, yeah, it's extremely important for youth to express themselves. And, like, I think the ways they could express themselves is, like, through art. So it's visual, like, auditory. You can do that. Verbal mm-hmm. speeches, you get me? Public mm-hmm. speaking. Yep. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it can make an impact. You can change. And also, like, um, how do you say it? Like, it reassures, like, the, audi- the other generations that, like, this generation isn't that bad. You get me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. To call to action. I get you. You get me? Mm, I you get do. you. <laughs> what about you, Saul? I do agree with Melissa how um oh, how uh, the youth um and art is important for the youth to um to be able to express their voice and how people will can public speak um especially how uh, like Melissa said, visual arts are also important to show mm. the generations before us that we're not so different from them. Mm. So Melissa, um what's like your form of like self-expression we know that Saul here writes poetry what about you what you about <laughs> um i usually i draw i do visual art so i do canvases i do stickers i guess wow yeah <laughs> they have a meaning <laughs> they have a meaning yeah her stickers are really cool by the way she has like a lot of like donald trump funny stickers. oh yeah they're oh. so funny yeah one with kim jong-un and donald trump and uh, while we're on the topic of Donald Trump, uh, let's go on ahead and get a little more political, political here. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> so we know that uh, when youth voice their own opinions, it's very important, obviously, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. vote here counts while we're getting into it. Do you think that it's important that youth vote? And if so, you know, how can they get their, um, you know, their own opinions out there? Yeah. I will. I think, yeah, it's extremely important to vote because, like, why wouldn't you vote? It's a privilege to vote. You get me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You use that privilege. And for people to say, oh, like, my vote won't really change anything, it will probably because if people think alike, like, you like you can make an impact, you can make a change. Mm-hmm. And, like, promoting that, like, there should be, like, more, how do you get it? Like, more communities where you can share views. That's obviously going to be opposing views, but, like, yeah, like, how do you say debating those views and actually, like, thinking about it can make actually, like, an impact Mm-hmm. around society and like it bonds society more you get me mm-hmm. what about you Saul? i think that the youth sh- uh, like melissa said should vote and that our voice does matter and most people of our generation do think that our voice doesn't matter at all and so many don't go out to vote which causes like these terrible elections just like with donald trump especially like w- there's so many votes that, that could have been counted for but nobody voted for it yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the uh, voting age being dropped to 16? Mm. Well, the voting age, I think 18 is pretty good. But, like, at 16, I would still want to vote because I want to vote. You get me? But, like, mm-hmm. 
Because then, like, you also need to, like, take, like, account of, like, the mature, how yeah. mature 16-year-olds are. So, mm. I think if you're, like, you're mature enough and you think, like, your decision really does matter, then go for it. Like, 16 should be the age. Yeah. What about you, Sol? Um, I'm a little uh, broken by this, but I, I do think that people of 16 should be allowed to vote. But I understand that there's also a maturity part to it, which um, can, especially how uh, teenagers and going through certain times uh, can affect how they think and the way yeah. they're processing things, mm -hmm. especially not um, they're not mature yet enough. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that having the voting age um, lowered to 16 would increase voter turnout. I remember um, looking at the video of like these teens in Washington, I believe, that were really like striving for, you know, lowering the age to 16, right? And um, I remember looking at the comments of that, you know, video, and a bunch of people were just like, 16, like, at 16, I didn't even know about politics. Like, at 16, like, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, that's not a good mm -hmm. idea. People, they're not mature enough. They're still kids. They don't know what they want. And I was just like, I mean, it also depends on like, what your maturance is already because, yeah. like, every 16-year-old, like, differs from one yeah. another. That's and true. Also, like, I think it's statistically proven that, like, you, like, as you grow up, your your views change. Like, your mm -hmm. morals change and all that. And hearing that, like, you know, 16-year-olds aren't really um, all that mature enough to vote is kind of, like, devastating because it's, like, you know, I know a good handful. I have a view of what I want society to like look like because definitely the decisions that are being made right now are decisions that will impact us in the next mm -hmm. what 20 years yeah. 10 years I, like, also like I remember because I'm a Spanish class we were also talking about voting and like it's like if you r people really need to vote because um, politics like politicians especially look what like the needs for other people are mm -hmm. so seeing that like it these politicians could like accommodate for your needs and they start to take more notice on you definitely, definitely. And it's, it's, an, it's very important that the youth know that their vote does indeed count and that it does mm -hmm. have an effect mm -hmm. because yeah. not only mm -hmm. does this affect everyone around you but it also goes on in the long term so it's yeah. very important that not you don't only count yourself as an individual but you get that message out there and get your friends to vote you get your family to vote you mm -hmm. make sure that you encourage everybody to get out there definitely. take time out of their day there are certain employers who will give you time to go vote. There is no excuse not to vote. You should definitely do it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So um, we will be right back with a very, very, very special guest with us today. Um, but right now, um, we're going to go on a break. So we're going to play a song for you guys. So stay tuned so you can see that interview with a special guest.
up, guys? So we are back with more poetry and more amazing stuff for you guys. But don't forget that you guys are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio YL Kali in Little Village. And once again, I am Camila. And I'm Oscar. And with us, we have Jose Olivares. Jose Olivares is an author, poet, and educator from Chicago, Illinois, U.S. He is the son of Mexican immigrants and went to Harvard University. His first full collection of poetry, Citizen Illegal, Jose Olivares' um, work has been published by several outlets in 2014, and he co-authored in a collection of home court. That is a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. No problem, no problem. So um, we're just going to ask Jose Olivares some questions, you know, really dive in about his amazing book that he just came out with and just a little bit about his personal life. So don't be afraid. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so um, how would you describe your writing to someone who has never read it before? I think I want my writing to feel the way that living does. And so what I mean is I try to write poems that are sometimes funny, mm -hmm. sometimes sad, sometimes happy. I try to write poems that have a mix of everything. Yeah, 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 for sure. And what had inspired you to become a poem? Like, what about poetry captivated you to continue writing it? Yeah, so I love poetry for a number of reasons. I started to write poetry because when I was a teenager, that was mm -hmm. the first time that I saw poetry. And I was a high school student and I was used to always listening to my teachers and always kind of mm -hmm. being quiet and I was told to respect authority and poetry was the first time that I saw adults listen to teenagers right it was yeah. the first time that I thought that was possible it was also the first time that I realized that as young people as um as working class people, as people of color, that we were allowed to write books and not just read them, right? We could make yeah. things ourselves. So for me, poetry has always captivated me for that reason. Amazing. And yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. It's definitely a way to get your voice across. A very powerful tool. And I've got a few questions for you. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Are there any poets out there that had an influence on you? Yeah. Uh, so right now we're living in one of the golden ages of poetry. There are a lot of really incredible poets. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of who influenced me, um, right off the bat, I would say Sandra Cisneros, who is yes. also from Chicago um, and is incredible. She just released a new book. Um, the title is slipping my mind right now, but it's really good. Mm -hmm. um, Gwendolyn Brooks, who's also from Chicago, is another person yeah, that I look yeah. up to very deeply. And then... I think that the list kind of goes on and on. So Hanif mm -hmm. Abdurraqib, Eve Ewing, um, Natalie Center Sapico, Eloisa Mesqua, mm -hmm. um, Nate Marshall. Like there's just so many incredible poets. Brittany Black Rose Capri, who's on the same press as me. Um, so right now we're really lucky because there's so much great poetry. I feel like every day I look online and there's a new poem that that's I really true. love. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And just from listening to you, I can already tell you're very passionate about poetry as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love poetry. And, you know, I was listening to you talk earlier. Um, one of the things that just came out is a National Endowment of the Art study that shows that more and more people are, are like reading poetry and mm -hmm. listening to poetry than ever before. So I think that's one of the lies that gets told about poetry is that it's not popular. That's um, true. Actually, like more and more people are listening. So that's a really good thing. Um, and something that I'm really excited about. 
Well, I can definitely tell that you've got a long history of poetry and that you're very wise in that, which is why I'm going <laughs> to poke your brain with one more question. Yeah, here. go ahead. So in what ways does your life's experience influence your poetry? You know, I, I try to write about a lot of my life experiences. I think that it's helpful to me because it helps me process and make sense of it. And even more than that, I think it gives me the opportunity to intervene in a moment, right? So if something happens, right, like one of the things that I write a lot about is my relationship with my dad. And so it gives me a chance to interrupt our relationship and kind of imagine it in new ways. And hopefully what I hope is that that gives me a chance to do that in my real life, right? So yeah. sometimes the poems are ahead of where I want to be as a person. That's great. That's great. And um, kind of going more into like um, your poetry is would you classify your work as some type of chi that has some type of like Chicano influence? If so, like why do you choose to incorporate it? Yeah, so I think it's very important. It's very important to me that my poetry is in part Chicano. It's important to me because when I think about that identity of choosing that name for ourselves, that's yeah. a powerful act. Um, so more than, you know, Hispanic, which is often the label that gets put on us generally, um, or Mexican-American, which is, of course, dependent on the American side, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I like that Chicano is a name that we choose for ourselves that has its own history and activism in trying to, like, reclaim a bit of power. So for me, that's yeah. something that I want in my poetry, right? I want to be naming myself. I want to be talking about my own experiences as opposed to accepting the things that are always said about Chicanos or Latinx people. Yeah, yeah. And going more into that, because I really need to pick at your brain now, you've really uh, indulged my interest. Um, I've got quite a few more questions to ask. Yeah, go ahead. So what is it that you hope to achieve when creating a new piece? It depends on the poem, right? Some of the poems, all I'm trying to do is capture a moment, right? Yeah. Um, I wrote a poem. Uh, I wrote, like, there's a love poem in the book called Love Poem featuring Kanye West. I'm just trying mm -hmm. to capture the essence of that moment and what made it special to me, right? Yeah. Um, other times, the poem can transcend more than one moment, right? It might go back in time with time. So it really depends on the poem in question, what I'm trying to accomplish. Definitely, definitely. All right, so each poem varies based on the experience itself, but what about poetry as a whole? Why is poetry important? Why is it important to others? Why should it be important to others? Why is it important to you? And what makes it so powerful? All right, you just ask like eight questions. <laughs> give me give me one at a time. Certainly. Uh, what what is it about poetry that's so important that makes it powerful? So, I think poetry is important because for a number of reasons, but one of the first ones that comes to mind is that we live in a moment where there's tons of media being created, particularly if you're from if you're from particular communities, right? So of course, we all see on the news that uh, Donald Trump is talking about Latinx people, is threatening to get rid of birthright citizenship, mm -hmm. is sending soldiers to meet a caravan of uh, migrant people coming from Central America applying for asylum, right? Yeah. So there's all of these big theatrics that are meant to make us scared, that are made, meant to make us ashamed of who we are. And so poetry is powerful because it's a way to show that we're not going to allow that to happen, to show that we are 
interested in ourselves, that we are interested in our own lives and telling our own stories. It's a way to kind of take back the mic and say for ourselves who we want to be and what we're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important. And I also just think like poetry, I love it because poems are small, right? A poem yeah. can be really short and it can be really powerful. Some of my favorite poems are, you know, no more than like 15 lines long. So that's <laughs> a powerful thing. We live in a moment where everything is kind of getting compressed. And so the fact that yeah. poetry can be so powerful and can be so small, to me, that's an important thing. Definitely. And going into more poetry, uh, yeah. specifically your poetry, um, I'd like to know what were some techniques you used when writing your work? Right. So one important technique is just the idea of continuing to revise. So mm -hmm. I wrote a lot of those poems, and then the first time I would read those poems, I would look at them and I'd be like, this poem is cool and there's um, there's like a lot of truth here. And at the same time, it feels like I'm trying to perform a particular type of sadness or something that doesn't feel all the way true. And so then going back and trying to rewrite those poems with an eye towards like destabilizing my own imagination yeah. um, is something that was important to me. Um, trying to use humor, being okay with using humor <laughs> was like a big step forward for me. And when writing your work, of course, who's the audience you're targeting? Right. So for me, it was important that first and foremost, I imagine that Chicano people and Latinx people are reading my book before anyone else. Um, and that was an important decision because it meant that, for example, I wasn't going to translate any of the Spanish in the book, right? Because if yeah. I'm imagining a Latinx reader, then either they know Spanish or even if they don't know Spanish, they know how to find out what the word means, Definitely. you know? Yeah. Um, and that was important to me because, like, white people already have tons of books. So <laughs> if they don't like my book, then they'll be okay. They can go read all the other books that exist in the world. That's true. That's true. Um, what really stood out to me about your book is that it kind of, like, it felt nice having a book just dedicated to, like, you know, the Latinx community and especially the Mexican community because it's, like, every time I flip the page, I related to, like, almost every single line, mm -hmm. and I feel like that was, like, really dope. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. That's exactly what I wanted, so thank you. <laughs> and as someone who has also read your book, I actually have an important question that I'd really like to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. So as I read through it, I understood that there were some undertones in certain parts of the poems. But if I might ask, um, have you um, hidden any subliminal messages in your work? And if so, may you give us an example? Have I hidden subliminal messages in the book? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Did you find, did you find subliminal messages? Mm, maybe. Like what? What was the? I don't know. He don't even know. No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I put. I think I was. I tried to write a book that was like pretty straightforward. I didn't want to necessarily hide what I was saying. So I feel like pretty much I said what I wanted to say. I tried to say it artfully. But yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to put any subliminal messages. Okay. I I just may have thought that there was something in there like. Uh, like, you know, maybe the, the day in the life of being like, uh, you know, growing up as uh, as a Latino, you know, maybe there was maybe a hidden message there, like something like a, mes a message of hope for youth or something. Oh, OK. I can understand that. Yeah. So I wanted definitely to write a book that felt hopeful, that did not feel like I said, I think so many of the stories that are told about us 
on the radio and on the news mm -hmm. are meant to make us feel small and scared and sad and to make us feel like there is no hope and that we should, you know, whatever, um, leave or whatever. And I didn't want to add to those stories, right? I wanted to, I wanted to have a message of like, of like, in actuality, we are quite powerful. We are quite capable of loving each other and we can build a better community for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So like going into more of your book, Citizen Legal, um, what was the idea behind Mexican Heaven? How did the poem come about to you? Yeah, so Mexican Heaven, the idea came to me because as I thought about the United States and the fact that there are multiple United States, right? Like I think about my parents and my parents have worked hard their whole life mm -hmm. and still they have faced challenges that have nothing to do with their own hard work, right? Yeah. Um, and so I wanted, to, I was thinking about like heaven and how maybe there are multiple heavens. And so there's like a heaven where you're allowed to go to heaven, but you have to just work, you know what I yeah. mean? And in a lot of ways, like I think about the United States like that, where like they want us to be here and they want us to work, but they don't want us to use our voices. They don't want us to get too powerful. They don't yeah. want us to begin to envision our own little spaces, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, Mexican Heaven was about trying to figure out and play with this idea that there are multiple Americas and that maybe there could be multiple heavens. Yeah, and in the book, you chose to um, separate Mexican Heaven by chapters. Why was that? Yeah, I chose that because Mexican Heaven is my favorite poem in the book. Yeah. And I wanted the reader to keep coming back to those poems. So, you know, they maybe they read the first one and they didn't know that there was going to be more. And so then they get to the second one and then they start to like kind of anticipate and get excited about the next Mexican Heaven poem. Yeah, definitely. And um, in your books, you write Sin Vergüenzas during the book signings. Yeah. Why was that? I write Sin Vergüenza siempre because I think as a young person, I was always told not to be a Sin Vergüenza. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents and other elders would say that to me to try to keep me on the straight and narrow, like try to keep me out of trouble. But yeah. I think also that there's like a lot of silence that comes with shame. And so one of the things that I'm trying to write against is silence. Like I want us to be more communicative mm -hmm. in expressing like all of the challenges that we live with, but also all of like our hopes and joys. I think that silence to me is one of the things that I'm fighting against. Yeah, and um, talking more about like your book cover itself, um, what had inspired you to collaborate with Scent Rock? Yeah, so I've been a big fan of Scent Rocks for years. And mm -hmm. uh, when I got my book deal, the publisher was like, who do you want to do the book cover? And, you know, I put together a bunch of artists, but immediately I was like, the dream is to have Scent Rock do the cover. Mm -hmm. um, and it just so happened that we had some mutual friends in common who uh put us in touch with one another yeah. we met up a few times i gave sent rock some poems and i was blown away that was his he created the art specifically for the book um so it's an original piece of art and mm -hmm. uh he knocked it out on the first try he like brought me two different images but he was like i think this is the one and i was like yes yeah, you're right i really liked the cover that definitely like captivated me a lot because there was like so much going on but it all made sense mm, yeah i agree absolutely yeah 
um, how did you come about titling this book? I wanted to title that kind of announced the book that it would be about a series of complications so that it wouldn't just be one thing, but that it would be about uh, a number of things. I wanted to call it Citizen Illegal because I thought it was important that in any discussion about citizenship that we also talk about the way that people are criminalized for making the decisions that are best for them. Yeah, definitely. And um, what do you want readers to take away from reading your book? Like, what was the intended purpose of it? It depends. You know, there's been a lot of readers. Honestly, there's been more readers than I kind of imagined. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. I think my first concern was that Latinx people and Chicanx people would read my book and hopefully continue to add their own stories. So yeah. my hope is that my book is not the last book, right? That there are, that young people in Chicago specifically continue to write books and kind of build their own worlds. Mm -hmm. And lastly, but not least, yeah. um, what advice would you give to young people who want to start writing their own book? My advice would be to read a lot of books to read more than you write. My advice is to build a community. Everything that I've been able to accomplish has been not just because of my own hard work, but because I've had people around me who have also been working hard. And together, as each of us rises, we kind of pull each other up. Yeah. And so it's very hard to be an artist individually, but if you're part of a community, it's way more possible. Definitely, I agree. So, um, that was Jose Olivares answering a few questions about his book. And later on in the show, he will be performing some of the pieces in the of his book. So where can one find your book? Yeah, so you can find me on the internet. I'm at underscore Jose Olivares on social media. Mm -hmm. um, you can find the book on Amazon. If you don't like Amazon because they're evil, then <laughs> you can find the book at your local bookseller here in Chicago. The book is carried at Volumes Bookstore, at Women and Children First, at Unabridged, at basically all the bookstores here in Chicago carry it. Um, you can also go to haymarketbooks.org and you can buy it directly from the publisher. All right, dope. So we'll be right back with um, some more performances. Uh, we'll be, we will be back with performances. So basically what we've talked about to kind of recap everything, we've talked about poetry, and not only just poetry, we talked about the misconceptions within poetry. Um, what if you're not into poetry? We talked about um, the differences between spoken word poetry and um, written poetry. We talked about hidden poetry in everyday lives, just a handful of amazing things about poetry we had an amazing um conversation about the importance of youth voices we just had an amazing guest um so contreras with us who will later be performing some of his own work we just asked jose olivares some really cool questions <laughs> about his book and about himself and he will also be performing later on right after the song so stay tuned
what's up guys don't forget that you guys are listening to wlpnlp chicago 105.5 fm lumpin radio broadcasting live in yolo calling studio in little village i'm camila and this is jose olivares he will be performing one of his well many of his amazing poets so poems so yeah thank you all right so i'm gonna read a poem called mexican heaven one all of the Mexicans sneak into heaven. St. Peter has their name on the list, but none of the Mexicans have trusted a list since Ronald Reagan was president. Two, St. Peter is a Mexican named Pedro, but he's not a saint. Pedro waits at the gate with the shot of tequila to welcome all the Mexicans to heaven, but he gets drunk and forgets about the list. All the Mexicans walk into heaven even our no-good cousins who only go to church for baptisms and funerals. Three, it turns out God is one of those religious Mexicans who doesn't drink or smoke weed, so all the Mexicans in heaven party in the basement while God reads the Bible and thumbs a rosary. God threatens to kick all the Mexicans out of heaven si no paran con las chifladeras. I don't know how to translate that. So the Mexicans drink more discreetly. They smoke outside where God won't smell the weed. God pretends the Mexicans are reformed. Hallelujah. This cycle repeats once a month. Amen. Four, Jesus has a tattoo of La Virgen de Guadalupe covering his back. It turns out he's your cousin Jesus from the block. It turns out he gets reincarnated every day and no one on earth cares all that much. Five. All the Mexican women refuse to cook or clean or raise the kids or pay bills or make the bed or drive you to work or do anything except watch their novelas. So heaven is gross. The cats, the rats are fat as roosters and the men die of starvation. Six, there are white people in heaven too. They build condos across the street and ask the Mexicans to speak English. I'm just kidding. There are no white people in heaven. Seven, tamales, tacos, tostadas, tortas, pozole, sopes, huaraches, menudo, horchata, jamaica, limonada, agua. Eight, St. Peter lets Mexicans into heaven, but only to work in the kitchens. A Mexican dishwasher polishes the crystal smells the meals and hears the music. They dream of another heaven, one they might be allowed in if only they work hard enough. Cool. I'll read one more poem, and then I believe we will be hearing from Camila and Saul and Marie. This poem is called, My Family Never Finished Migrating, We Just Stopped. We invented cactus. To survive the winters, we created steel. At my dad's mill, I saw a man dressed like a Martian walk straight into fire. The flames licked his skin, but like a pet, it never bit him. In the desert, they find our baseball caps, our empty water bottles, but never our bodies. Even the best ice agents can't track us through the storms. But I have a theory. Some of our cousins don't care about LA or Chicago. 
They build paradise under the sand, under the bones of our loved ones. Bones worn thin as needles to threaten any blue agents. Bones thin as guitar strings to welcome us home. Thank you all so much. So next up, we have our very own Marie. And she is also from La Mesita. Also, give it up for La Mesita, who put this all together. You know, you know, you know. Yeah, so this is Marie. Uh, this is like a two-parter. I don't know if I want to keep me with this, but I titled it You. This is like the beginning of a relationship and then how it changes over time and then just different. You. I see you in the yellows of everything I look at. I see you in the artworks at every museum I go to. I'm just going to hold it. I feel you in the warmth of my friends when, you're, when I'm with them. I feel you in the presence in the streets when I go out to eat. I hear your voice in the conversations I'm in. I hear your humming in the songs that I listen to. Everything reminds me of you. And then off to the next. You part two. You're not you anymore, not like before. Just like the cigarettes you choose to smoke, life for you is nothing but a cruel joke. No metaphors or similes can take this pain away from me. The yellows are melting, the artworks are smearing. What part of you aren't you, aren't you hearing? Your warmth now cold, your presence a ghost. The old you is what I'm missing the most. Your voice is a distant memory, your humming is a buzzing in my head. Sometimes I believe you're dead. You're not you anymore. So that was our very own Marie. Um, before moving on to Saul, I will be reading, well, reciting a poem I wrote. And the title of this piece is A Prayer to Chicago. God, remember when days were warm and nights were cold, and it was just an ordinary day in Chicago where it's segregated invitation only but lord these streets never seem to look lonely just take a look around marinate the sound the sound of the busy the sound of the struggle the sound of our children playing in the water in the summer but Lord, times have changed, ain't nothing say the same. Dropping bodies from left to right, leaving their mamas to put up a fight. They built a nation of starvation, a nation of mothers risking their lives for their children's education. I still remember when my mama said, gang ain't gonna provide you food. Gang ain't gonna do none but corrupt the hood. Gang ain't gonna leave your mama money. Gang ain't gonna do none but make you look funny. Gang gonna let you cruise in the summer. Then it's gonna leave you six feet under. I still remember when you looked down on me and said, don't forget mama works for the city. Mama only gets paid once a month. Mama tries to tell you to do right, but you choose to dodge school so you can dodge bullets from left to right. But what if one takes a wrong toll and then it ends your life? Just the image of my mama crying, begging why, why did she have to really die? 
than having our future to be contained where your lifespan is endangered just for standing on a corner wearing black and yellow. And you know what they do to solve this mess of arrest and gun violence? By opening a new Starbucks or a Panda Express. God, I don't understand none of this. It's just nonsense. We start complaining and all of a sudden, we're the ones taking it out of context. But they never consider we're the ones living in between the violence. God, it's all messed up. You got a brother being shot dead for reaching for his back pocket. And all of a sudden, he's the one in charge of all this violence. But little did they know, his daughter just called him up to tell him how much she loves him. You got our young girls scared to walk alone. If they feel like they're being followed, then they pretend they're on the phone. Little Hispanic girl goes missing. Police search and file her as a runaway just to find her body on the side of a road on a holy Sunday. But God forbid a Caucasian girl go missing. They send helicopters all through the city just to find her on a bus with her boyfriend to Mississippi. God, I beg of you. I bet. I pray every night for the shy. I know you see all the distractions and all the bloody violence. So I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to please help the shy before we all die. Amen. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Saul Contreras reading for us. The first poem I will be performing for you guys is Catacombs of Bones. The breeze waned softly beneath the catacombs of bones inside bones laid restlessly, searching for just a little wiggle room. Just a little wiggle room. A mass grave for children, bodies riddled with holes. They got nowhere else to go. They just couldn't run fast enough. How could they if bullets ran light speed? When a deck of cards is played loosely, tell me how much are we willing to news? Is another child's body on the perverted display that is the catacombs enough? Because caskets just couldn't be built fast enough. So now graves are unmarked. There's no ceasing end to the suffering. Mothers who are ready to be buried by their children were surprised to find out they were the ones burying them. Now bones inside the catacombs lay restlessly, the unmarked and nameless, because the only people who care are the mothers who suffer silently. Thank you. Now I'm going to be reading this next piece. It's called Welcome to El Barrio. A pandemonium on the podium. Juxtaposed columns is a tempest atto where guns are drawn by the wayside and the color red paints murals of the Santa Maria, where a slick tongue can get you far or get you six feet under. A place where tagging is a language of territory. This is the place where caskets are toys and little boys and girls play God. Slurs are splurge, burn all the way sensitivity. Toxic masculinity is another cultural identity. Here, a vanilla macchiato is a foreign concept. Just pure decaffeination. Donde las madres buscan por perdón because of what her child has done. Mentira, mentira que echa para 
Se puede justificar, but she cannot justify the horror and the dead body. The body of, was an eight-year-old girl, a girl who did nothing more than be the daughter of a rival gang member to her son. She, now lifeless, has lost everything, and you only lost a son. A warm welcome to the barrio. Thank you. So this concludes the um, Youth Speaks um, radio show today. Um, so yeah, this was 105.5 WLPN Chicago. 105. I just repeated myself. I'm sorry. But this has been What's Up, Youth Speaks radio show edition. Thank you so much for Jose Olivares joining us today. Thank you so much for Saul Contreras who joined us today. And thank you for La Misita to put for putting all of this together. So let's give them a big round of applause. Next up will be music jams for the rest of the hour. And yeah. And next will be La Mesita.
Masita, and we are broadcasting live from s- from oh no, <laughs> sorry about that. WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolkali in Little Village. We're La Masita. I'm Marie. Oh, I'm a, I'm Avisay. Oh, I'm, I'm Esteban. It's me, Antonio. My name is Edgar. My name is Antonio. Hi. So right now we're going to be talking about this is music jams. And want to say that again? And we'll be right back. We have a few songs for you to listen to. Bye. I'm Fred Klonsky. And I'm Mike Klonsky. And we're the Klonsky Brothers. And we're talking politics, education, and social justice issues. And hitting left. With our friends and activists from Chicago and around the country. Every Friday at 11 a.m. here on Lumpin' Radio. 105.5 WLPN. Join the resistance. Turn it on. Hi, we're the students of Yolo Kali. Every Saturday, we take over Lumpen Radio for two hours with our amazing live broadcast from Studio Y in Little Village. <laughs> Lumpen Radio's membership drive is on right now. Lumpen needs these memberships to keep shows like What's Up on the air. Did you hear that? Us, Us off, off the, the air? air? 
You have to become a member of Lumpen Radio with a one-time or repeating gift and support our program. It supports some other shows too, but we all know we're the best thing on this station. Visit LumpenRadio.com for all the details. Become a member today. Go to LumpenRadio.com right now. See you there. Take a trip through Latin America's vinyl past circa 1950s and on. Get ready for hard-hitting comias, eccentric pop, garage rock and tropical sounds with a few surprises here and there. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Here at Lumpen Radio 10505 FM Chicago. Sonorama. Vintage Latin sounds. Hello everyone, we're back. And the next song we're going to present is This is America by Childish Gambino. And I actually wanted to talk to you guys about uh, what you like about the song. Because I know what I like about the song is that, first off the beat, and then Childish Gambino, also known as David Glover, who's actually a really nice comedian. And I've listened to some of his peers like This is the Weirdo, one of his shows. But I actually kind of like the mm-hmm. video itself, in a way, because it's kind of stereotypical and a lot of people didn't expect it. But like, what about you, Esteban? What did you like about it? So... Uh I like how he's trying to make a statement, like in a moment that we're being political right now with Trump and all that. So he's pretty much trying to bring a message. Nice. What about you? Asavi. As oh God. Have you said? Oh, I like it because of the memes. It's a memes. Yeah. What it means or what it's a meme? It's a meme. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. What about yeah. you, Antonio? Yeah, he's pretty. Um, you know, his dance is pretty cool too. You know. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like Fortnite that. dance. Yeah, you know, cause you know. Uh, but I also like the cars in the background too in the music video. You seen that? Yeah. Uh, they're like 1950s and it goes back in time and it's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. What about you, Edgar? Oh, I think I like because very like political, you know. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And you? Yeah, it's basically the the message that it's giving about America. That's what's wow mostly important about the song. Yeah. And I like how he yeah. didn't talk about it either. Like a lot of artists, like, oh, this is what it means and such. Oh, sorry about that. Here you go, buddy. Yeah, um, pretty much what you said, um, what's his name? Antonio, about the dancing and everything. Like, that's a, one of the reasons why, I'm like, I don't know how to say, but, like, America is being, like, in the shadow. And, like, the dancing thing is one of the things that, like, people is more focused on how they dance then the lyrics like what's happening behind like with the cars and like um it'd be like that yeah, yeah. The, ba- the background's very cool it, it just gives like the whole message it takes you back in time and to, to this day and that's what's pretty cool that's what i like about the video yeah that's nice and yeah we're gonna actually gonna listen to the song in actuality so hope you like it
whipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. Hello, everyone. And the next song we're going to be listening to is Looking for a Star by XSXTentacion. like high hopes and the pray for the wicked tour and i know a lot of you really don't listen to panic of the disco but when you hear panic of the, when you hear the title panic of the disco what do you think panic panic of the disco panic. you want to panic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah bro so basically just like panic at the party is that what you're panic right at the disco oh god but like what is it the song that we're like hearing in the background is called high hopes from their pray for the wicked tour nick Panic. Panic. Yo, is that all you just think about? Just panic? Panic. Panic. Oh, panic. God. I understand that how panic can just, like, just think panic. Yeah. But panic. I don't know. They also did a, what is it? Panic. They also did a soundtrack for the, what is it, Suicide? Sui- <coughs> suicide Squad. I know they did, um what is it, Bowman, Bohemian Raspity. I know yep. they did Rhapsody. a cover. Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Get your facts. Rhapsody. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again for me. Bohemian Rhapsody. Get your facts. Right. Yeah, there you go. From from Queen, the original one, and I know that they did a cover of it. So yeah, they did a cover f- for it, and I know that right now they're on tour for the Pay for the Wicked, and they did something like that. I think it was in Seattle. I'm not very sure, but they actually did it again, and I thought it was a really nice way to, to honor Queen. And they're also gonna come out with uh, what is it? With the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Want to say that again for me? Have you said? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. There we go. They're also gonna do a movie about that as well for Queen. So wow. I thought that was pretty fun. Do any of you guys know anything about Queen? Yeah. We will rock you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have myself a real good time. <laughs> oh, my God. Can y'all, like, what is it, elaborate on that other than just knowing some of their songs? <laughs> Define <laughs> elaborate. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, talk more about it. Like, what else do you know about Queen or, like, Panic! at the Disco? Oh, that they're Queen. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, oh, it just dies on the inside. Not even... Oh my god. But I know for some of them, I don't know. Really, do you not know anything else? It's Queen. True. 
But I know that, what is it, They're, when they do the movie, I know, uh, I can't remember who's going to play it, though. The main character of Queen. But are you going to see it? Um, uh, the main actor that is playing um, Freddie Mercury is uh, Rami Malek. He's actually part Egyptian. Um, he's a star or the main star from Mr. Robot. Um, and if you guys remember him, he was from, he was a Egyptian, um, I think it was like the son of King Tut and, um, the, the, the one with the museum. Man at the museum. And I like how, because like, since he was a person of color, like ha being part Egyptian and stuff like that, and everyone's like, oh, why did you get a white guy to play an Egyptian? Like he is an Egyptian. So he's playing someone of color. And I, what I loved about that movie is that everyone of color in their character was playing someone in their color and i'm like yes and same thing for uh what is it uh we'll get back to elaborating because i know that the next time times diner by oof, i cannot read can you help me read that emilio what, what were we talking about it's by there's all wrong you may what a sad boy. The song is called Tom, uh, Tom's Diner by DNA. It's um, a 1991 uh, rock song. And nice. uh, you guys have it as the best of Suzanne Vega. Um, so I'm, I don't know who's Suzanne Vega. I don't know if you're going to We'll find out right now. Let's see. All right. Let's go see him. All right. Hire up that volume for me, please, sir. General Pilots is ready. Broadcasting front live from studio from Studio Y. You are listening to WLP and LP Chicago 105.5 Lumpin Radio. Broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yo Colleen Little Village. And I actually wanted to remind you guys that we have a chill set coming up at the National Museum of Mexican Art, food, music, art, and such like that, yeah. November 9th. And <laughs> anyway, the song that we're playing on right now is what is it? Centuries by Fall Out Boy. And I know that's m the majority of you wanted to pick this song. Is there a reason why you wanted to pick this song? It's Fall Out Boy. That's a reason. You, Antonio, you wanted to say something? All right, so, um, like he says, uh, there's legends are told sometimes to dust or to gold. You know, I really like that. I found that really uh, interesting. So kind of like po poetic in a way? Yeah. 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 Also, this is on Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. that, is, that is that the main reason why you chose this song? I didn't choose it. I mean, you were the majority of who chose it. Oh. You, you, Edgar? Uh, yeah, I actually like this song. I used to love, like, love rock a lot, but and then I just heard this song, and it just blew my mind away wow. with the beats and his voice. 
So good. Nice. I like Follow Boy. Wow. Well, I know one. I know one of us doesn't really like the new Follow Boy. I know you don't, Emilio, because you were mentioning about how you didn't like the old, like how you didn't like the new version of it. You? Um, I don't like Follow Boy. I'm sorry, but uh, fun <laughs> fact about Follow Boy. Oh, squirrel. Um, they're they're a band that originated from Wilmette. Um, Illinois, so that's a suburb in Chicago, and so it's pretty cool that they're part of Illinois. I, I know it's not Chicago, but I mean Illinois is so home, you know. Wow, that's true. A lot of people who live in like the suburbs are like, oh, I live in Chicago, and like that's that's not Chicago. But I heard that you don't like the new Follow Boy. Explain yeah. that. Yeah, like I like the old one. Like I first meet Follow Boy with the I forgot the album. I think I don't remember the album, but I heard the song. Uh, I think it was Alone. And I really liked it. It's like pretty, like melodic and everything. And then, sugar, sugar. Also, it's a good one. Um, what's another good one? Thanks yeah. for the memories. Yeah, thanks for the memories. A good one. Like I like the like that type of rock. It's kind of like Praise the Veil or like Black Bell Bright. Like I used to listen to a lot of rock too, but like I just change. Or like I sometimes listen to rock or like. Mexican music like cumbia or yeah like that but I often when I was little I was like I was listening to this type of rock music or like English music Ice. and I sometimes use use a use um what's it called I didn't listen to a lot of Spanish music so hmm. Okay. I don't know. I like the old and the new Follow Boy. They did a collab with a Korean pop artist, uh, RM. He's actually coming out with a new album as well. Who is RM? <laughs> RM is a Korean. Is the leader of a known K-pop band called BTS. If he's so known, then how come I don't know about him? Because well, you're obviously not on the internet long enough to know about him. Hmm. Facts. Well. But they did a collab with him on Champions, and I actually thought it was actually pretty cool. Because since he is getting better at English and he's kind of fluent, he's actually did a pretty good job on that. And there's a next song that we're actually going to call, that's called up. Want to explain it? Or not explain it, but like, Esta tell me what's... Es Tatuajes de Joan Sebastian. Ooh. A class sweet. I think I actually want to listen, I think I actually want to listen to this. Let right. us listen, guys. Let's listen, shall we? Me alejo a petición del orgullo. Me iré, aunque eres mi necesidad. Te dejo, pero eso de que te olvide, no sé. Tatuajes de This is part of, uh, you know, Spanish music and Latino is uh, something that is uh, very, uh, it's a big part of us. <laughs> Even though we listen to uh, 
Mexican music. We love that. And uh, I know you perform Mexican music along with your band. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, there a reason do. behind that? Like singing in Spanish? Yeah, is there a reason behind it's, that? Um, our main focus is, uh, you know, Latino people, you know? It's like, we like that vibe. And our school is ma mainly Latino, so we tend to play Mexican music. It'd be like that. Okay. So since you like playing Mexican music because, like, we're mostly Latino, um, I know uh, for the last song we were listening to that you picked it, and I know that you liked it. Is there a reason for you to be liking that song? This one right here? Well, the previous song. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. this song as well, as too. Yeah, both are uh, are different, but it's uh, it represents because, like, the other one, Tatuajes, was uh, my first Spanish song. It was my first Spanish song. And uh, it was the one that my mom was asking for, my father, everybody was asking for it. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to just learn it on the guitar. And it was one of my first songs, and uh, it sounds exactly the same. Hey, I'm just saying that. <laughs> wow. I'm actually impressed that you to learn what is it a song that like most of your family likes on the guitar to like exactly to the point i think that's actually pretty cool i don't remember my first spanish song honestly all of it's just a blur from my memory but what about you esteban yeah it's also like the same thing the same case where it was my first spanish song and you know my tia my tia learned it to uh, show it to me one day when she was just you know on on the radio and she was like lavando los trastes you know washing the dishes It'd be like, like that. Yeah, so it's like childhood yeah. music. You just know, like you hear it. You, he you hear your mom listening to it. Your father. You don't even know yeah, the lyrics. You just yeah. know it. And uh, when you hear it, you just it reminds like you of your past. Yeah. It was like, whoa, who's this? You know, it sounds just nice. You're just like in the background of your childhood, and when you hear it, you're yeah. like, this is my childhood. Yeah. What about you, Edgar? I know you were trying to say something. Yeah, eater. Yeah, like what? they said, oh, it's a big part of a childhood. You know, we we grew up uh, hearing these songs because of parents mostly. And, um, you know, it's special, you know, music, Mexican music, you know. Yeah. Would you love it? It's basically more about culture, you know. You hear your parents, you hear your grandparents, and it keeps passing on the music, the culture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that idea of, like, music being passed on as a culture in a way. So... So I, however, have no <laughs> physical attachment or emotional attachment to this song. Right. Well, aren't you just a little ray of sunshine with your no culture having? <laughs> but other than that, I think we should just let the other song play on, which is uh, an American classic called Sleepwalk by who? I know you picked it. Uh, Santo and Johnny. Nice. Santo and Johnny. Yeah, I think we should just let it off and listen to it. Hope you guys enjoy. Broadcasting live from. S we are you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. Broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali in Little Village. Again, we have a chill set that has music, art, and food at the National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen, also known as Chill Set, November 9th. Don't forget about it. 
and this is us signing off. I'm Marie. Oh, um, I'm Obesity. I'm Esteban. I'm Antonio Saucedo. I'm Edgar. I'm Antonio Salazar. And this is La Masita. Bye. See you next week. Goodbye. cerrada con tres candados y remachada a la puerta negra porque tú Hello, it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.